Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, good morning. It is the Gospel for Life, and today is Election Day. Enter the ominous music. <laughs> um, yesterday on the program, we talked about kind of the duty of citizens as specifically as Christians and today we want to talk about kind of the duty of our civil rulers or the duty of magistrates you know so um this is also important for Christians to understand that that uh, civil rulers cannot rule in whatever way that they choose. Just like you said, uh, Pastor Phil, yesterday on the program that we are bound, our conscience is bound to the Word of God. Well, even secular rulers are required to rule in a certain way. Is that mm-hmm. true? Ab- absolutely. Uh, they are they are under the authority of God, whether they recognize it or not, and and God sets up. Uh, there, there is nobody in any position of authority who got there on his or her own, uh, but because God placed them there, and they have an accountability to God with, whether they acknowledge it or not. I mean, Romans 13 will use several f- phrases for those that rule. It says, he, the one that's a governing authority, is God's servant for your good. Later it will say that he, the governing authority, is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath. Then later on he will say that authorities are ministers of God. And then later on, once again, nope, that's it. So so what's interesting about Romans 13 is Romans 13 is both giving us a description of what a ruler is, mm -hmm. and it's giving us a prescription of what a ruler ought to do, right? Verse three specifically says that he is a he is supposed to be a terror to bad conduct, um, and he's supposed to be you know a rewarder or a protector of the good. And so, these... can I read a quote from John Stott? Absolutely, that is extremely provocative. Mm-hmm. But he writes this: those who serve the state as legislators, civil servants, magistrates police officers, social workers, even tax collectors are just as much ministers of God Mm. as those who serve the church as pastors, teachers, evangelists, or administrators. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he's basing I, that on Romans 13. I need yes. that quote. And, and, and each in his realm. Send that because to me. We, each in his realm, because we know that God has instituted government. Yep. We know that God has instituted the church. And so they're within that realm, and they overlap in, to some degree, but um, they, don't, they don't minister the same things. They don't minister the same things. You That's know, correct. But they, mm-hmm. but, they, but they are each servants that God has put there for our good. That's right. And this is where Reverend Beakey, who I learned under at, at Puritan Reform, would say, this would be the ideal, Romans 13. Mm-hmm. The reality is Revelation 13. 
that there are ministers, are government authorities that are to rule, to govern, to steward on behalf of God. That's their call. Yep. Hey, and sometimes Revelation that, 13, sometimes that call of God is to punish the <laughs> to punish those who were to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah. Um, you you see, you know, God's wrath being executed on, through mm-hmm. those that he has allowed to come to power. Mm-hmm. It would be the same thing that ministers are supposed to be servants of God, proclamation are those that proclaim the good news of the gospel. But we know that some ministers aren't serving God, they're serving themselves or they're serving the devil. Well, they're the, false teachers. So just as a call on civil authorities is to be a minister of God, some don't do what they're supposed to do and follow and rule as servants of the devil. Yeah. The, and that's not an argument. So that that's the ideal. That's right. Is not an argument against um, that people fail in that ideal is not an argument against not telling them what the ideal is. No, and at the end of the day, every governing authority has to give an account to God, yep. not just as an individual. Yep. But as a governing authority. That's right. Which this was supposed to be your segue into your Psalm 2. Well, so um, Psalm 2, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. Psalm 2 says, um, now therefore, this is verse 10, therefore, O kings, be wise. And the kings here is not just, it's not the kings of Israel, although it, it applies to them. He specifically calls them the kings of the nations in in verse 2. So he's talking about all of the Gentile kings. Kings of the earth, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And so... Kiss the sun. And kiss the sun. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Sub- submit to God's anointed. That's right. Yeah. And so there is a responsibility. Think about, think about it this way. Every individual has a responsibility to know the Lord God and to love him and to love his neighbor as himself. Every individual has that responsibility. When an individual comes into the civil magistrate, he doesn't lose that responsibility. It doesn't magically, like, he's not stripped of it. No, no, he has just as much responsibility and more so now that he cares over other people. Romans 13 really gives two roles for every governing authority. They're supposed to restrain evil. And they're supposed to then go on and talk about proving what is good. Mm -hmm. Um, How do they know that? Well, Romans 2 would say that that's written on our hearts. It's really an extension of the law of God that is common to all people in their conscience. So what Romans 2 would tell us in conjunction with Romans 13 is every governing authority knows the good they ought to do before God of what they should be restraining and what they should be approving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also learn from Romans that men suppress that truth in unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And so each governing authority ultimately knows what they ought to do. Unfortunately, some suppress that and don't do what they ought to do, what they're called to do by God. Yes. Sure, um, It doesn't change what they're called to do. And I would say it's a sign of God's grace to, to take this in a different direction. It's a sign of God's grace and mercy that God works through uh, even unbelieving uh, and, and, and rebel-hearted authorities. God is still so- God remains sovereign. Yes. Uh, God doesn't cease to be sovereign uh, just because uh, you know a, a ruler uh, doesn't want to submit to him. 
but also I, I've lost count of the number of times I've, I've seen this or observed this, and, and uh, you guys probably have observed this phenomenon too. Even an unbelieving person, when they get into a position of authority and have that massive weight of responsibility, find themselves turning to God, um, knowing that they need a wisdom greater than their own. Mm-hmm. Many, many uh, presidents have testified to this that uh, having that weight of authority, that weight of responsibility renewed their faith, turned them toward God. And on election day, I, th- I think it's just important to, to just reemphasize that when you're voting, what you're really asking yourself is which of the candidates on whatever level, local on up, which of these candidates do you believe will be best able to fulfill the biblical call upon their life. Mm-hmm. The biblical call doesn't change for either candidate. It's the same. Mm-hmm. They're both having to, to do these things that God has ordained for that position. Part of the role of the voter is to say, which do I perceive to be more able to fulfill the call that God has placed upon their life? Mm-hmm. We're not putting a call upon their life. Right. God does. Mm-hmm which one is going to best be able to do that. And this is just a little um, side note insight that maybe will not prove helpful at all. (laughs) I did some calculations um, as (laughs) Josh was bantering with Jonathan and Phil about their age yesterday. I I did some some calculations and and did, did note that the first presidential election that I believe both of them were eligible to vote in was 1976. Mm-hmm. Is my That's math right. correct? That's right. I voted for Reagan. It was my first one, and I'm trying to remember when that was. I might have just eighty. I'm, I'm just I'm just a little bit behind, Phil. <laughs> just just a wee bit. And the insightful comment would be that when they first were able to vote for president. Josh wasn't born. Yeah. No, that's that's true. I wasn't. Yeah, no, you weren't I was born in seventy eight. Yeah, my math is huh? correct. Mm-hmm. See, wasn't that helpful? It was. I, I, that where that was, was that amazing. going again? It was uh, going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, the gospel for life. Even though we're older, we're all going to the same. Place. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, one of the uh, things, you know, Josh, I would like to say that you have remarkable. For, for for such a uh, wet behind the ears youngster, you have remarkable wisdom. Oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the wink, wink. <laughs> um, I'm I'm doing a church and state class right now. Actually, this Sunday I'll have finished it. But I think one of the ideas that many evangelicals have today is that okay, in the church we're supposed to be, and I'm using air quotes, religious. But in terms of, of being a civil ruler, we should be you know religiously neutral. And that's 100% false. Well, I think the mm-hmm. idea is somehow that the civil magistrates are outside of the rule and reign of God. Right. Right. Well, not only are they not outside the rule and reign of God, but even the First Amendment today is, is misused. Uh, the, the authors of the, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, they didn't say that there should be a separation of church and state, that they didn't mean that we should be separated from God. 
they they were they were they meant that the the federal union shouldn't establish a denomination of Christianity. You go back and you read the founding statements. They were they were very Christian in in what they were doing. And I think it's a mistake to think, oh, we should, you know, there, there should be this idea of religious neutrality in the government. That's false. Mm-hmm. And that leads to destruction mm-hmm. um, because, because everybody's already religious anyway. What do they teach in the schools? Are they a-religious in the schools? No, not at all, because they're answering ultimate questions about creation, fall, redemption, glory, and they're giving morality. Well, how do they do that? Well, whenever they teach kids that they're animals, that they're, they're that, you know, they're the origin of evolution, they're teaching morality. Mm-hmm. So there is no such thing as a religiously neutral state or a religiously neutral magistrate. Well, and to say that a government is religiously neutral is really Romans 13 saying that the government is sinful because they have a calling from God. Now, if they deny that calling, that doesn't negate the calling that God has placed upon them. And that's kind of how we've been functioning in the United States, that government is beyond the, the reach of, of, of God. Yeah. Um, and the biblical teaching is, no, all people that reign are accountable yep. to God. Think about the book they of, rule mm-hmm. in his place. Think about the book of Jonah. Jonah went and preached repentance to the city of Nineveh, right? What did the king do? Did the king say, well, I need to be religiously neutral, and so I can't press this message of repentance upon the people? No. He said, put on sackcloth, you know, um, put ashes on your head, and pray to the Lord God, because maybe he will send revival. Maybe he'll forgive us of our sins. It, it would have been evil on the part of the king of Nineveh for him to not turn in repentance and not call his people to repentance. Mm-hmm. We have we have walked away from that view of, of, of the government, and that's to our shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We only get... Uh, little pieces of that when when there's a disaster yeah that's right yeah well you've been listening to the gospel for life we will see you next time <laughs>